introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. This week I've got Corey Broom on the podcast. Corey is the best friend of Jessica, and Jessica is my co-directing partner at Travis High School, so uh, it was fun to get to know Corey a little better. I have met Corey in the past through Jessica, and uh, now I just got to sit down with Corey and talk to him. He's got a unique story because he, like a few of us, have left the theater world for a different side of education. He is now a counselor. And uh, kind of, you know, in my in in my line of duty, uh, sort of inspirational to me because one day, hopefully, maybe we'll see. I'll be an administrator for a school, even though uh, it comes highly advised not to do that as a theater teacher. But um, I've heard before, and uh, I've heard maybe even from Corey that it's not wise to go into administration because you go with from dealing with the uh, kids that you want to see all the time and every day and are great kids to work with in the theater department to the kids that are constantly getting in trouble from their teacher and so on and so forth or in the hallways with social agendas but it is still something that I'm interested in trying but I digress it's not about me it's about Corey uh, but this was fun I don't have a lot of talk to talk about this week because it is the break it is the beginning of winter holiday and not Christmas, uh, but winter holiday. There are Jewish people out there who's got two thumbs and a circumcision. This guy. But uh, uh, it is nice to hear people say holiday break because not everybody celebrates Christmas. And we already get it enough from the television. And, you know, the argument out there is like, well, if you don't like Christmas, why don't you move or something? That's, nobody's ever said that. But they say that to people about, like, you know, in politics and stuff. If you don't like this, then you can move. It's free. You do whatever you want. You can't really do that um, as a Jew. You can't really, like, just, like, move away from Christianity and Christmas and Easter and stuff. So we have to suck it up. But if you can change a couple of uh, phrases and sayings, why not? So happy holidays. I hope you enjoy your winter break or holiday break. I'll accept that. Uh, I also hope you enjoy sitting around without pants on and sipping some coffee and some hot chocolate and this interview with Corey Broom. I feel lucky and honored and a little intimidated, I guess, to be here. Uh, when you asked me, I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds like a cool opportunity. Never done anything like that before and not sure why anybody would want to hear anything specific from me, but sure, we'll give it a shot. So, um, but yeah, I, you know, am currently uh, in Louisville ISD and I am a school counselor there, but have always been involved um, with theater from the time, I mean, I was super small and uh, I grew up in a, a small town in Texas, um, Orange, Texas. And so some people know where that is, especially if you know closer to the Houston area, but a lot of people, especially here, um, I live in Plano now, but the, the DFW area, some people are like, where is that, you know? And if I say Beaumont, they know, most of them. Um, if they don't know that, I say Houston, then they all know. Right. But so Orange is uh, deep Southeast Texas, right on the uh, Texas-Louisiana border. So the, actually the length of Texas is El Paso to Orange. So it is your last taste of Texas, as the signs say. 
but that's where I, I was born and raised. And um, I actually started, so we uh, so grew up in a, a church. We went to First Presbyterian Church in Orange, Texas. My mama taught Sunday school. My daddy was a deacon. And um, I was involved in some of the, the youth musicals there uh, at, our, at our church. And so that was really kind of what sparked my love for it. We would do, you know, like a Christmas show and then we'd do something around Easter as well. So I can remember being really, really young and doing that. And that was kind of like my first taste, I guess, of, of some performance, you know, on the small scale. Really, really liked that. And um, I kind of, I had my hands in it like everything. I played a little soccer. I was taking piano lessons. And I guess really early there in elementary school was kind of trying to find my niche, you know. And um, I had some friends that were doing a summer stock show um, at the community theater in Orange. Um, so the community theater there in Orange is called the, the OCP, the Orange Community Players. And so I got involved with that, had a blast, loved it. Um, lots of friends did it and started doing that every summer. Um, probably, I don't know, maybe like, I think I was seven. My first show we did um, Bugsy Malone. And so that was kind of when the theater bug really started to bite and always did the, the summer stock shows. Then when I got into middle schools, when you could actually take theaters and elective. And so I did that uh, West Orange Stark Middle School. We would do the EDA, Educational Drama Association festivals. And I was in drama club and really just kind of knew I had found my place in theater then. Um, and stayed with that. I think I was drama club vice president my eighth grade year, which was a really big deal. <laughs> I won like most dramatic in middle school. <laughs> Those were like things I was super proud of. Um, continued into high school at West Orange Stark High School. Um, I did UIL one at play uh, all four years. And I also read UIL um, poetry. And I, I think I went to regionals like three times for that. My senior year, I was like the first alternate to state for poetry. really hard. Um, but always did UIL one act play, um, remember all the plays we did, um, much do about nothing, you can't take it with you, Paganini, and then David's mother, those are the four shows we did, um, and several other plays too, but you know, UIL one act play was, was really like the thing that I was the most passionate about, and I was also in band, and so when I graduated high school, I thought, well, I'm not going to be a teacher, like that's just not going to be my life, right. Um, I think I want to be on the news. And so I started with uh, Sam Houston State University, uh, majoring in um, professional communications okay. with an emphasis in electronic media broadcasting. Um, I was there for three days and was like, this is not for me. Yeah. And I had talked to my parents on the phone a little bit about that. And they're like, well, you know, you just need to stick it out. You're homesick. It'll be okay. Um, I like unenrolled myself from school, packed <laughs> my things up, drove home. Um, my mom has a late August birthday. So I was like, surprise for your birthday. And she was like, oh, this is so special. Co. <laughs> That's her nickname for me. And later on that weekend, I was like, yeah, I'm not going back. And she was like, no, come on, you know, you can give it your best shot. And I said, no, like I've withdrew and everything's in my car. So <laughs> she was like, whoa. So from that point on, kind of really unsure what to do. I did a couple of years at Lamar State College Orange. And I was on like the forensics team there and did some uh, POI, DI, HI, things like that, kind of in the college circuit um, for a couple of years. And then had some friends going off to Texas State and San Marcos. 
So um, made my way that way. Um, yeah, was a theater major. And at that point, I was kind of like, you know, I had some friends that were doing the acting route. And I was like, I don't want to move to New York or LA and like wait tables, you know, and, and just try to make it. Right. I, I was waiting tables all through college anyway. And I was like, you know, I think I'm just, I think I'm going to teach. I love you. I want to play. That's something I'm super, super passionate about. And so that was it. I, that's kind of how I became a theater ed major at Texas State. Did all my my practicum and my, my student teaching, which was super, super pivotal. And I can come back and circle on that experience, but I had an amazing student teaching experience um, at Samuel Clemens High School, uh, just kind of north of San Antonio right. with uh, Lynette Spivey. She was the theater director. And I, you know, when you do student teaching, you can pick um, like districts that you're interested in. And so me being always super, super competitive, I was like, well, I want to go to a school district around that. Um, and there was, there were lots around, you know, San Marcos ISD, Buda ISD, Austin, right. all of those were closer, but I looked at, um, at that point, you could go on the UIL website and see like the advancing play brackets. And I noticed that Samuel Clemens had one state in like 2008 for, for 4A. And I was like, I want that school. So I picked it and I, I, that's how I ended up there for my student teaching experience. And that was so, so super important for me, I think, and kind of really paved the way probably more than anything else um, for the type of director that I was going to be, you know, in my career. And so that year for UI, when I play, she had selected and um, cast Ken Ludwig's Leading Ladies. Okay. And so I kind of didn't really know much about that show, but jumped right on. And I mean, we were in it like from the get it became and she had a tech director, too. So there were really three of us, but we became a three person directorial team. And I mean, I was there all hours of the night rehearsing and um, that show in 2010 actually advanced the state. So I that was super, super pivotal for me, I think, getting to be a part as a quote unquote director right. for all levels of that, uh, you know, that that run there. I think it was zone all the way through the state it was four by district. But um, so after that, I was like, well, I need to find a teaching job. And Houston um, was always super, super attractive to me because it was pretty close to home. It's Houston's like 90 minutes from Orange. Right. So um I thought, you know, I, I want to be in the big city and be in Houston. And I had some friends and some contacts in SciFair ISD. So I had applied for a couple of jobs there and even got to interview for some, but they didn't work out. And there were some other candidates that um, I think had a little bit of a leg up on me. And so, so they got the position and I really didn't know um, what I was going to do next. So I moved back home to Orange. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I've moved away, gone to college and I'm back here, you know? Um, nothing wrong with Orange at all. It's a great place. It's just a small town. And so it's, it's, um, yeah, it's moving back home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not really where I, I felt like I wanted to be. And I remember that summer, I, I was like, well, maybe, you know, I'll start a grad program. I had another friend that was going to do a program in another country. Um, she was going to South Korea to do this musical theater program there where they teach students English. And I was like, well, that sounds cool. You know, I could do that. And then all of a sudden I got a flurry of like calls and texts. I guess people, I, I don't know, I was on Facebook and people knew I was back in, uh, in Orange. And they were like, hey, the, the theater director job at LCM, Little Cypress Marysville High School is open, which that was the rival of the school that I went to. So I went to West Orange Stark and LCM, they were huge rivals. And um, I had growing up there and from church, like I went to church with the superintendent. Yeah. I knew a lot of the staff there. Um, and so I said, okay, well, I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> so I'll apply. 
Um, and I got the job. And I guess the rest is, they would say, is, is history at that point. Um, so I became at 23 years young, the theater director at LCM High School. And that was um, a post I held for six years um, from 2010 to 2016. And uh, we had a, a really good run when I was there. Like that for me will always be like the epitome of theater in my career. Yeah. Um, you know, because the program was, it had gone through like two or three directors and like three or four years. And they had had one time had been really good, but hadn't advanced at all in like four years. And so it was really like a chance for me to get kind of my hands on it and really start to build that program up. Um, and so we were, we were able to do that, um, grew the program and actually ended up needing like an assistant. So they had another teacher come in and start to kind of help me with the overflow on classes. And so, um, you know, from, from year one to year five, uh, we, we instantly started advancing, going right. to uh, area. And by year five, we were at state uh, in 2015 in 4A with Epic Proportions. Um, oh, so I love that, that show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, such an amazing yeah. show. And I had the kids for it. It was one of those ones, you know, they say, when you find the one you'll know. Yeah. They say that about a lot of things, like yeah. relationships, but specifically with UI all one act play too. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I had ordered several scripts and I picked that one up and I could just see it. I could see all my kids right. in the roles and I knew, you know, that was the one. So I uh, went to state the next year, we were alternate to state. And um, I guess kind of that, that, that level of success getting to, to bass and all uh, my name kind of got out there on a different level. And um, I was starting to look at some districts in Houston. I think I was actually looking at Katie ISD. Um, when Missy Head from Louisville ISD, my phone rings and she's like, how are you doing? And I don't even really know Missy. Of course I knew the name, right. um, but uh, she had heard from some other friends of mine that were theater teachers in LISD that I may be looking and invited me up for an interview at Hebron. And um, I said, yes. And uh, was offered the position and actually accepted it without even interviewing in the, the KDISD. Um, and then, so that's, that's kind of how I got up to DFW. So moved up here um, in 2016. So 16, 17 was my year at Hebron. Uh, totally different experience. Right. I mean, I went from basically running a 4A program where I was kind of doing it all. And I did have that helper, but I was coaching prose and poetry, doing three shows a year, you know, I want to play to now I'm on a directorial team of four. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. whoa, this is super different. I'm used to kind of to doing it all, you know, and, and having some help here and there, but um, four you know, theater directors, it was really, really different. Yeah. And um, what was really interesting that year is that of the four, three of us were new um, to that school. So Ryan Heitzman and uh, myself and Liz Schur, and then there was another director that had been there previously. Right. Um, and Ryan and I, I mean, man, we really hit it off. Yeah. Can't say enough about Ryan Heitzman. Yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, we really, really clicked and kind of, I think, challenged each other and brought out the best in one another. And um, so we did several shows that year. Our one I played that year was Elizabeth Rex. Um, and that, I think, you know, Hebron had... I don't know. They, they opened in like 2000. So by the, it had been the school for like 15, 16 years and they had never gotten past area. And in that one year, I mean, we blew the doors wide off, went to 6A State and placed third. Um, so that was a super, super cool experience and great kids. Yeah. We inherited a 
a really good program, but they, they took all of our new styles and, and just kind of ran with it. Um, meanwhile, throughout all of that time, you know, as a theater director, you see so much from your kids. Um, got really, really close with so many of my, my top students, you know, technical side and acting side. Um, and, and you really see as an educator firsthand some of the, the stuff that they go through. And quite frankly, some of the trauma, yeah. you know, um, from, from small things, I say small, but you know, um, kids that think they're depressed and, and have some anxiety to, you know, a family that's splitting up right. or a divorce or the loss uh, of a loved one or the loss of a parent, um, you know, and, and things that, that then that trickle down effect can have where kids start to, you know, self-harm and have really, really negative thoughts, um, eating disorders. And, and I always felt like, you know, in theater, I was there to listen to them and we got through a lot. I got through a lot of stuff with my kids, but it was always like, well, let's get them to where they're okay so that we can get on to the next thing, right? You know, the next rehearsal, the next production, you know, checking in and making sure that they were okay, but not, not able to really like to stop and invest in that fully because I had a job to do and that was to teach theater, you know? So, um, I think that, you know, after a couple of years, that made me really, really interested kind of in the, the school counseling side. Um, I knew I didn't want to be an administrator. I had had some former theater directors that were like, whatever you do, don't do it. <laughs> One did it at the end of her career. And she, her words to me were, I went from working with the best kids as a theater director to, the to yeah. dealing with the worst kids as a principal. Do not do it. So I knew I didn't want to do that. Um, but so I started my, my school counseling program, um, through Lamar in Beaumont, uh, like 2013, I think. I mean, it was pretty early in. I had yeah. been a teacher for three years and I knew I wanted to, to kind of do more. So I finished that program in 2014 and I knew I always had that in my back pocket because while I love high school theater, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a beast. It's a whole lot, sure. you know? And I, I think that naively, um, when I left LCM, you know, when I wanted to be in a bigger city, um, I knew Louis YSD had a, a great reputation, but I was, I was like, man, it, with four directors, it's got to be a little bit of a, a step back, right? You know, because I'm not the one directing all the plays and doing the prose and poetry and doing the summer trips and doing the convention and arranging everything, you know, and that was not the case. Yeah. I think for directors, it was just like, we can do four times more of the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, we did. I mean, we did an astronomical amount of shows and we're always rehearsing for the next one every weekend, every school break. And um, so, you know, after that first year, I had that master's of school counseling in my back pocket. Then I, I put my name in the hat in LISD and, you know, had a couple of interviews and ended up um, interviewing at the Colony High School. Um, and they offered me a job there. And I, I thought really hard about it. Like, man, okay, I, I taught theater for seven years. Yes. Is that really it? You know, am I, am I really done? And to me, it just, um, it felt right. Yeah. I, I felt like starting out, you know, I, I had wanted to coach kids to state in prose and poetry. I'd wanted to get a play to state. And I had really done all of those things and, and checked off all those boxes in a pretty short period of time. And so I felt really comfortable about making that switch. Um, and I got to tell you, it's not one that I regret. You know, right. I love the work that I do now um, as a school counselor. This is my fourth year. 
uh, in this role, uh, but knew I wanted to stay involved with UIL One Act Play. So I did the the training to get my adjudicator certification. Yeah. And so this is now the, I think, third year um, that I've now been a member of Tatao um, and in kind of that, that circle of adjudicators and picking up contests. And um, so now I've judged, I don't know, probably 10 or, 10 or 15 contests, I would say, okay. over the past. Two, two years, um, zones, districts, by districts, things like that. And okay. I'm really seeing it, um, a different side of it even now. Yeah. You know, I feel like now I've, I've seen it as a student, I've seen it as a director, and now I, I see it as an adjudicator. And I think every way it looks different, the right. UIL one-day process, so. That's fun. That's, that's, I know that's a lot. Uh, that's no, that was great. My opener. That was perfect. Uh, Al, thanks for coming on. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so <laughs> so I, I jotted down a bunch of different stuff. You and I have some parallels uh, oh, yeah? uh, as, as far as, you know, our, our upbringing and, and just our careers and stuff. But I got to I got to start with the with the end of what you were saying kind of towards the end there. Yeah. You said theater was difficult uh and or it's a lot of work not difficult necessarily if you love it it's not necessarily difficult but it, it's a lot of work you know it's a high demand and i was thinking into my head i was like well Corey, ha have you experienced 2020 <laughs> you know, because because i know counselors have had a heck of a time uh yeah. with 2020 because of the 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 model changes and the the, the variety of you know the the two different uh learning models and having kids switch and do this and do that. So has that, are, are you ready to see that go bye-bye? Are you ready to like, just, and, and if it stays, and I know we talked off air beforehand, if mm -hmm. we keep some things that uh, ha have been beneficial to students' education, if we keep some things for the future, are you hoping that that stuff kind of gets ironed out and there are uh, uh, procedures in place that, allow for you as a counselor, because it's no secret, counselors at the beginning of the year are not counselors. They are, or not, they're not mental counselors. They are schedule well, scheduled. Change. Yeah, they're schedulers, you know. I've been called that before. It was really funny. A couple of years ago, a kid walked in and said, I need to see the schedule change counselor. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's a, there's a period of time where you might, th that is kind of your role, but, um, but then, you know, as the year irons itself out, you become a counselor, you know, you're, sure. you, yeah. you are, you are there for support in that that regard, but are 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 you hoping that? Um, and I I mean I I guess just the the cut and dry version of this question is: Are you hoping that this kind of disappears, or is there some element of this sort of model that we've had that you'd like to see stay and then kind of get ironed out uh, as far as how students are learning and and scheduled and in classes and in online classes, all that kind of stuff? Is that yeah. that was a weird question? That wasn't even a good question. Uh, no, that's my, I, that's my I, mo. <laughs> I, yeah, no, no, I can see what you what you're going for there. I mean, the, well, to answer it, so I think um, I would love for it to go away. Yeah. Right? I mean, all of this, I think we all would, but um, that's just. Well, I know the virus part. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let me be clear. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want not, to stay. It's here. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, it's not just going to go away. Right. And and you know, I think that I mean, let's be real. The spring was rough yeah. for everybody. Yeah. You know, and. Um, I'll talk a little bit about, you know, we, when, when it all went down in March and, you know, we just didn't come back, we, we stayed in touch with kids um, as best we could, but you know, when, when they're not there in the school building, it's like all bets are off. Right. And I think all bets were off. And as we've come back in my district, um, 
the students actually have three different ways that they can take classes. So they can do an all in-person model, an all virtual model, or kind of an, a hybrid where they're coming on, on campus for like a you know, band, fine arts, theater, or athletics, you know, whatever, a sport, you know, something like that. Um, but as, as we started to welcome kids back into the building in August, I mean, yeah, we started to, we've over this fall semester uncovered like the amount of trauma right. that, that took place and the things that have gone on. And I don't think that's unique to any one area. You know, I mean, I think that's across the board. I think that's right. everywhere, but it's been really, really hard for kids um, and families. People have lost their, their jobs. They're out of work. Things are difficult at home, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's something that, that we're dealing with now. I don't want to say dealing with, we're working with students right. now and, and trying to kind of muddle through all the muck and figure out what's what and help them as best we can. But it's, it's going to, you know, that now is going to be around for a long, right. long time. We're, we're going to be seeing the residual side effects of everything that's taken place, you know, over through this global pandemic for years to come. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, like with our virtual students, you know, that's a good fit for some kids. Right. I think that's a bad fit for a lot of kids. Yeah, yeah. And we have had a lot of students that have just not been successful in that model. And, you know, we're even to the point now where we're kind of strongly recommending, almost telling them, like, you've, you've got to come back. Right. You know, you're not going to graduate right. if you don't come back because this isn't working for you. And oftentimes it can be difficult to get in touch with a, a parent. And, and you know, so we try and we reach out and there's only so much that we can do. But, yeah. um, you know, you also wonder, like, so for a kid, you know, or their family, if education isn't the top priority, you know, um, and, and they end up dropping out of school or whatever, and then they don't have that importance. You know, academia is not important to them now. And so then they have kids and what is right. it taught to them? You know what I mean? It, I think it's something that is, it's just going to change. It, it changed our course, right. you know, it, it has changed the course of history. Yeah. Um, and so so yeah, you know, but uh, kind of like like what we were talking off air before. I mean, in everything that that happens, you can always find a silver lining. Sure. I feel. Sometimes it's it's easier to find than others. You kind of got to dig on this one, but um, I do think kind of like I was saying about the virtual learning. You know, there's some kids that that's they they don't do well in school. Right. You know, they're they're the oddballs and they can't find their place and and that's not for them and they don't want to be involved. You know, they just want to learn and we have some kids that are doing really really well like that. And in our district, we were already kind of piloting a lot of virtual courses where kids could take like one or two classes a day virtually. And now that we've gone full blown with this thing and, and I don't want to speak out of turn cuz I I don't know exactly what may come. Right. Um but I think it's definitely safe to say that there could definitely be an option on the table. Sure. For some of those kids, if they were, you know, highly successful to continue with that model. Yeah. Um, and some districts up here, some surrounding districts before COVID had already gone to an all online school option. Yeah. Um, and we're having a lot of success with it. So, yeah, I mean, I think there, there could be some really, really good things. Um, yeah, I think I think you'll also and you can probably speak to this better than I can, but I think you'll also stop seeing a need for specialized courses in each school, whereas now you'll see, oh, well, you can teach this virtually and mm -hmm. a kid from the school across the town can still attend that class yeah. um and they don't have to be at a certain school you know like uh like down here bel air high school is a huge foreign language magnet in hisd in houston isd well there's no reason now that kids at other schools in hisd can't benefit from some of those foreign language classes they don't yeah, have to absolutely. be attending bel air 
Um, so yeah, I, you know, that's one of those, as you said, silver linings, kind of one of those things that, that we can be positive about. Yeah, I think so too. I know um, at, at our campus specifically, we piloted um, for foreign language, a Japanese program yeah. um, last year, and we were the only school in the district to have it. Um, and, and we've continued to see some success with that. A lot of kids are interested. And we had always kind of talked about like wanting to open that up mm -hmm. to other campuses in our in LISD, not really knowing what that would look like, right. but they could it over. Well, now, you know, yeah. like it or not, we've kind of been shoved, right? Yeah. I mean, that teacher is already teaching that class virtually. So exactly like you said now, how easy would that be to, you know, offer it virtually to the other high schools in the district and kids can hop on and take that class, you yeah. know? So, yeah, I think that's a really, really cool, um, cool thing. And, and it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for kids. Japanese has become like the hot new, like foreign language to take, like, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, I, and I, I mean, I, I guess I should know why, because, you know, I, I, a lot of, they are kind of leading in technology, but it's just kind of funny how, I've got tons of students that are like, oh, I'm in Japanese. I'm like, wow, okay. I know. <laughs> I mean, I know. that's cool. It used to be just yeah. everybody was Spanish. Everybody. <laughs> but I now, know, right? Yeah. yeah, especially in Texas, too, because oh, yeah. it's so useful. But, um, yeah, and there's a lot of kids that are really, really into, like, the anime, yeah. you know. Oh, and, sure. Um, they watch the shows. And um, so that that kind of um, group is really, really bought into it. And, um and so they, I think there's like an anime club and stuff yeah. too. The Japanese you can teachers. See, so yeah, you can see my yeah, dog's there's... tail wagging in the background. Everyone. <laughs> what kind of dog? Uh, this one is straight up mutt. I, I mean, it's oh. just all kinds of mixtures. I should get a 23 in me from for this dog. The other one is a <laughs> is a pit bull, but uh, uh -huh. so you know uh, he terrorizes the place. But anyway enough about juju <laughs> but, <laughs> but you can see that the fan of the tail the wagon I in the background the so uh you you uh started teaching you said when you were 23 right i was were mm -hmm. you like because now you the, the students that were seniors are practically we're the same age yeah practically your age you know we like, are, we're the same age they caught up to me and they did it <laughs> so i mean was that intimidating or did you walk in with full confidence or like, was there a, a, a moment ever that the students were like, hey, you're like just my brother. Like, you're just old enough to be my brother. Like, was there uh, ever that kind of conversation with, hey, but I'm still the boss. I'm still the teacher. Or did you, did they immediately like, you're Mr. Broom and we are your students uh, and, and we're here to serve you, sir, Mr. Mr. Broom, sir. Or was there, yeah, was, was there, was there ever that awkward, like, hey, you're just, you're, you're just as young as I am. Uh, I think that, you know, kids will, will get away with what you allow. Sure. And so I think that they kind of tried some of that at the beginning, but here's another thing about me is I'm an only child. Well, now okay. I have some, I have three step siblings, um, but I didn't get them until like four years ago. Okay. So I, I have, you know, grew up as an only child. And so I think uh, I was always around adults a lot and always was told, and I feel like was kind of more mature, you know? Right. Um, so I, I don't know, I guess I didn't looking back now, I'm like, Whoa, yeah, we were five years apart. Yeah, and we were, yeah. I was taking them to Houston to stay the night for area when I play competition. Like, but at the time it didn't like, for me, I mean, I was their teacher and they right. knew the deal, you know? Um, so I, I don't feel like I had like really any issues with that. I think some of them actually had siblings that were older than me, right. but, um, they knew, yeah, I mean, pretty early on it was, it was Mr. Broom. And what I will say about the kids at that school too, is that they were super, super hungry for a good theater program. Right. 
um, that they knew the, the past history of the school and the school had been to state before. Um, and, and I had, you know, just heard some, some really rough things about the past three or four years. And so I think that the ones that, and there was a weeding out process, you know, yeah. um, I, I had two full tech theater classes because I think before that they would just go in the costume room and play video games. Right. So I had a ton of tech theater. So they're not, play. they're not supposed to do that. They're not supposed okay, to. Okay. Okay. Believe it or Shoot. not. Yeah. So you to, might want to change what you got. I going need on. to figure something out then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had kind of mass exodus at the beginning because I mean that was like okay you know we're right. gonna build a huge set like like get this mess cleaned up what's that TV doing in here get it out and they were like the TV's going away. <laughs> so um yeah no I just I I don't ever really feel like that was that was an obstacle they were really eager um, and ready to jump on board and you know the the kids know they know when they're doing a, a quality piece right. um, and they can see the time and energy that's being spent on it or if it's you know something done really really quick trying right. to slap something up on stage so i think they could tell definitely there was that probably trial period of maybe three to six weeks um, but after that they they were on board do and you, that's really what allowed us to be successful right, right from the you know do you think that that it would have been completely different without your student teaching experience yeah i think it um I mean, well, I'll also say, you know, I mean, I had a great high school theater experience okay. too, right? So I was involved in it for all four years. I had, you know, so like, think about that, right? Before, when I went into teaching, I had already really been in five when I play or been a part of five right. when I plays. Um, so I felt like that was kind of my leg up, you know, but yeah, no, I learned a lot more on the teaching side, right? Um, as, as far as like lessons, curriculum, um, activities, um, I, I don't know. I just feel like it was, um, you know, you really just have to get in there and, and do it. And, right. and being um, a theater ed major, you're going to learn a lot of like classroom things, but that only serves you so well. I didn't often find my time myself going back to what I had learned in this, you know, principles of ed class yeah. 2502 or whatever. I wasn't going back to that. I was going back to my student teaching the things that I had actually seen and been a part of. Yeah. So yeah, I felt like that was that was super super helpful. And I'll also say, my partner is starting his teaching career this year. Um, so he's we're the same age, thirty three, and um, and he didn't have that. So I mean, right. he's just like what, what is he stuff. teaching? He is teaching um, eighth grade English. Oh man! Yeah, at a uh, magnet middle school in Dallas ISD. Okay, good for um, him. But we've had a lot of conversations because he's in, he's in, you know he doesn't have any background on it right. and so some of the things that he sees i do think it was easier for me with that semester of student teaching and this and even before that we had something i forgot it was called block or something like that so we were in schools that whole last oh, sure year. yeah yeah so so this is his first year though so that, what a what a horrible experience for a first year just you know yeah, yeah well, you know i mean going back to the COVID thing so he worked uh, in colleges and universities and then got a gig with a private ed tech company for a yeah. couple of years. And um, in May, they just had some, some major setbacks. Right. And so he was let go um, in May right. and was like, what do I do next? I guess. And yeah. The good news is though, it doesn't get worse. <laughs> like, you know, that's for these first year teachers, you can say, look, you, you've literally made it through what we would consider hell. Uh, and, and so now you can it's, do this now, yes, yeah. you can do anything. That's it's correct. funny because at our, our counseling team, we have six counselors and four of them are new. Right. 
four out of six. Wow. <laughs> and so, I mean, it has really been rough on them. And with that, yeah. we say that all the time, like, Hey, if y'all can do this now, you're the old guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I am. I am. Got all the experience. Yeah. You're the grandpa um, counselor, man. <laughs> I am. Yeah. The youngest one in, in age number wise, right. but oldest in experience. And so, yeah, we tell them all the time, if you can do this now, you're going to have your feet up eating bonbons. You yeah. Know, Easy, (laughs) simple. So one, I was saying that we have a couple parallels. One of them is I played Elliot Ness, uh, in my, uh, I think fourth grade Jewish community center summer camp program. So, and you had mentioned you were in, uh, uh, the music, uh, what, why why is it Bugsy, uh, Bugsy Malone. Uh, Uh, so we, we both, uh, love gangster, uh, musicals anyway. So that was, that's it. There's no question with that. Um, but uh, you also, one thing that, that we share is the, uh, exodus of Sam Houston state. And, uh, uh, I stayed a little longer. I just, I stayed longer than like three days. I, yeah, I finished the first semester and that was it. And then I was, but I have a very similar story of like, I packed up and I came home and my mom was like, what are you, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to community college, uh, in January. Uh, so mm-hmm. you're going to see me a lot more. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but yeah, for me, and, and you don't necessarily have to share what it was for you, but, uh, for me, it was at that time, the, the, the department was, uh, and I was a theater student. So, but the department was hitting a lull and was mm-hmm. dipping down and, and that department has, is a wave, you know, every five, six years it, is really great. And then it has a couple of years of recovery and that, you know, so on and so forth. Um, so I happened to hit it when it was at its lowest and mm-hmm. I, so I left, so I came to UH, um, mm-hmm. and, and I don't regret it. Um, the only part I regret is I would have finished in four years, right. yeah. <laughs> whereas, whereas it took UH seven. So, and, and I only <laughs> yeah. left with one degree. So, uh, yeah. but for you, if you, if you can share, if you want to share, what was it about Sam that, just was like, nope, I, I, I can't do this. This is not what I want. Well, you know, um, so as a, as a high school student, Sam Houston was um, our regional like academic site for 4A, 4A region three back then. And so for, for UIL poetry or regionals were there. Um, my freshman year, we um, advanced to regional for UIL when I play. So Sam Houston hosted yeah. it. Um, my grandmother actually went to college there. I think when it was just Sam Houston Teachers College, I think was the name of it. Um, and so I, I don't know. I had just I had been on the campus. I mean, right. it is a beautiful campus. Yeah, yeah. Nothing bad about Sam. It's just no, no, it's no, just no, not no, for everybody. No. Yeah. And I wasn't in the theater department because right. I was going to be on the news back right. then. Right. So, um, right. And you can't. Uh, you can still be Corey. Just I you know, know, keep your head up. And still have that dream. Um, but for me, I think I, I really didn't look at any other schools, right. right? So I had been on that campus several times and uh, family had gone there. And so I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to go to Sam yeah. and and really didn't actually do a whole lot of research. Um, about, and I had some friends that had graduated the year before that were there. Um, and, you know, as a counselor, I always tell my kids that. <laughs> Yeah. They're like, well, I really want to go here. And I know I'm going to go here. And I'm like, you have got to look at a few yeah. other places, you know, a minimum, I always say bare minimum of three, right. three campuses that you need to go set foot on and walk and look and see, you know, um, cause, cause you'll get a feel for it. Right. And, um, so I, I felt like that was a big part of it. Um, I, I hadn't really, you know, opened myself up to any other schools. And so when I got there, I kind of learned that it was, um, kind of a, it was a, on the weekend, everybody would kind of pack up and go home to Houston. 
And, you know, I, orange was like two and a half hours away. So that wasn't really going to be very doable for me. And and I wanted, you know, like the full college experience where everybody was there and you could get together on the weekends and go do things and go to football games and um, events. And I, you know, just kind of found early on that that wasn't the case. So, um, and I guess then the, the tertiary piece was, um, there was somebody, there was somebody, um, that I was fond of and he had tried it to get into Sam in their musical theater department, which, you know, so super competitive. Yeah. He got really close, but he didn't get in. And so he was um, back home. He was out. And yeah. you know, that was another thing. I was like, well, you know, and that it didn't work out. So yeah. don't do that. Anybody listening, if there's young kids listening, <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't make that yeah. something you come, I mean, home for just that, you know? So yeah. Don't, don't chase uh, something or someone. Exactly. I mean, chase something. Yeah. 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 Uh, and you, uh, were in band. I don't think you mentioned what you played. What did, what did you play? I played the French horn. Oh, um, can you still play? Huh? Can you still play? I haven't touched a French horn since I was 17. (laughs) So our band directors are really at the school. They do this concert, I guess, every year we're staff members. Right. And so now they have found out that I was uh, a French horn player and they're like, you've got to come do it. I said, I don't think I could make sound through the mouthpiece. You know, my amateur, I don't have an amateur anymore. I don't even know what that um, means. Uh, Amateur sounds like uh, somebody from Pennsylvania, but yeah. (laughs) It's, you know, the shape of your mouth and all and how you blow into the mouthpiece to make sound. I trust you, sure. um, Yeah, so I French horn and then I did three marching band years, which I loved that to me was like the highlight you know yeah. a lot of some kids were like oh i hate being out it's hot and marching i loved it i actually didn't like the concert season um in the marching season because the french horn is it would be really hard to march with and some schools do that a lot of military bands they'll have their kids march with french horns but there's a bell front facing right. instrument called the mellophone so it's like the marching french horn kind of looks like a big trumpet and so I played that. Um, to me, that was a lot easier. Right. Um, it was it was just easier to play, and, and I really liked it. And uh, for a while, thought I was going to be a high school band director. Yeah, does uh, that play into you as a counselor when you're helping a student decide a path? You, as a former theater teacher and a former band student. Yeah, I always I always recommend really strongly. I'm like, we've got a great theater program. We have a great band program. Yeah. Would you like to know more? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Those are kind of some go-tos, but yeah, the kids always find that really interesting, you know, because they only know you in your role. Right. So when I, when I have a conversation and most of them know I taught theater, uh, I've got pictures all around in right. my office at school, uh, but not many of them know that I was in band. And so when I say that, they're like, you were huh? you know what, what did you play? oh they have a newfound respect for me the band kids do yeah so. you got to hang the french horn up like in the background or something like you know they yeah. walk in and just get really confused picture of it yeah <laughs> that'd yeah. be funny and then the other the other thing i found fascinating about you and i don't know how extensive you uh dealt with this but you said you played soccer and so i'm an old soccer kid too uh, mm-hmm. and I didn't know if you were still, cause I could also say if, if the tables were turned, I would say, ah, I played T-ball. I played, ba-, you know, but when I played T, when I say I played T-ball or baseball, uh, I struck out twice, uh, and the ball never moved. Right. So like I was not meant for any sort of baseball. I love baseball, but as a, as an athlete, no, but I, but I found my niche in soccer, mm-hmm. um, uh, and so I didn't know if you were still at all a fan of, you know, soccer at all, or 
if you even kick a ball or if you kick a ball as much as you play the French horn still. That's uh, about <laughs> as much as I do it. Yeah, no, I was just never like a, an athlete. Right. You know, that was just not my thing. And so I played for a couple of years. I mean, I, I really, I think I was like five and six maybe. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And, and my dad was one of the coaches on like the local youth team sure. or whatever. So I remember it being fun, yeah. but it wasn't anything that I wanted to continue on. So didn't play like in school or anything right. like that. So yeah, very limited knowledge could probably not even kick the soccer ball. Yeah, uh, don't know the positions or don't watch it or how it really works. Yeah, nothing with soccer. It's, it's just not my. Thing. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know what your experience is with like seeing uh, family me- young family members, like three, four, five year old family members. But I have a uh, a nephew, one nephew, and he's four, he'll be four in actually two days, but from this mm-hmm. recording. But uh, I just went to watch him play t ball. And, you know, you want to, like, grab the kid and be like, no, that's not, that's not. How you, but then you got to realize also that he's three. Right, <laughs> you know? right. But, yeah, yeah. very process-oriented yeah. with them in the process. Just yeah. be happy that they put their pants on, you know, exactly. uh, one leg at a time. So that's funny about soccer. The other parallel, and then I'm going to get you out of here with, with a question that I've never asked anybody, so be very nervous. But uh, is the Paganini thing? So I did Paganini as my first uh, show as a director, as a as an educator, as a director, um, and found it to be one of the most fun, still uh, one of the most fun shows I've ever directed for one act play. And I kind of, I'm a big believer to not do shows twice. Like mm-hmm. I just personally, I would love to just get experience of every show I can possibly do in my lifetime. But yeah. Paganini is one of those that I would be happy to do again. Mm-hmm. um how did you did you enjoy that did you enjoy Paganini when you because you were in it right yeah. You, yeah. oh yeah yeah I played uh the violin merchant okay um the, isn't that the devil technically yeah he's essentially the devil I yeah. had an evil laugh and yeah. cool cape and knee-high boots and um yeah I I would say Paganini for me and that was my junior year right. um not I don't know that one really like solidified it for yeah. me you know um, and it did several plays like regular season plays. It's funny that I can't ever, I don't always remember those. I always remember the UIL one act <laughs> plays, you know? Um, but so much ado and you can't take it with you were the two UIL one act plays I'd done before. And they, but one act, much ado was fun. Um, you can't take it with you. I wasn't super crazy about right. that, but Paganini, like we were so just into like our director's vision and the style and it was dark and well, very different right. um, than the previous shows I had been in. So that one for me, and then, you know, I wanted to direct it actually. Um, I had picked it as my, my first UIL when I play um, at LCM. And um, I, I, and I, and I understand now, but being 23 and a first year teacher, the principal wanted to to read over that and, and make sure, you know, that it was met the community standards. I mean, I know they all still do that, but um she didn't think that was a really, really great pick. And we had a conversation. I tried to sell her on the idea of it. And, you know, it's a small town, so right. more conservative. And so, um, so she, so we had to make a quick switch and we ended up doing bet and boo that year. Oh, that's uh, we, not, that's not much. <laughs> that, that, Dead babies. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> right. But I, you can't do the devil. Man, you we did a few years ago and I've got a be careful how I speak about this because there are still some very butthurt people out there, but we were, we had solidified the rights for Heathers. Um, mm. And uh, the community said, 
no, you're not doing it. We had advertised, we had printed stuff, advertised everything and our, it was approved on the campus. I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. like we just were rogue and the community said, no, you can't do this. It's, it's got suicide and it's got the, and it was just everything, whatever. And so we switched it up and he had to, we had, we had, since we had already paid, we switched with MTI and we did zombie prom, which <laughs> the kid commits suicide like that. Yeah. I mean, that's the story. And he yeah. comes back as a fun loving you know, Fonzie-esque zombie, <laughs> but yeah. it's the same, it's high school suicide still. And so we, this, and the, the community loved it. They were just like, this is so great. They just didn't, it was, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it is kind of funny how, uh, depends on, it's just like Greece, you know, it puts some fun music to it and nobody knows that it's about topics that probably aren't appropriate for high school kids, but oh, absolutely, anyway. yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, very, very similar experience there. So, so we did that show instead, and I never, I never directed uh, Paganini. No, I didn't really? get a chance to do that as a, as a high school theater teacher. Are, are you still staying? At, like, I know you, you said you're adjudicating, but uh, other than that, artistically speaking, are you still staying? This was not the question I wanted to end with, by the way. Are you still staying active uh, in the arts? Are you trying to still uh, direct or act or do any of that? You know, I haven't, um, you know, um, I, I, I love my passion is UIL why not play. And right. so when I'm getting to do that and, and with middle school contests, really, I can, I can have gigs doing that from like November, December, all the way in through, you know, March, right. April. So almost half the year doing that. Um, and no, I haven't. And, and, you know, I, some people that are close to me have, have like been surprised. Like I'm surprised, you know, yeah. but I don't know. I just, um, I, I, my priorities right now, you know, just bought a home, right. um, in March. Uh, and so, you know, my partner and I just, you know, focusing on our relationship and I think at some point we want to introduce kids. And sure. so I've just not, um, found the time, um, to, to be involved like that. And it doesn't mean that I don't want to, or that right. I won't at some point down the line, but for now, my main involvement, aside from being an avid theater goer, since yeah. the pandemic right, right. now. Yeah got tickets to several shows that keep getting postponed, yeah. postponed, postponed. Um, but yeah, I'm still an avid theater goer and support it. Um, and like to go and watch contests and, and see shows and uh, professional shows and things like that. Right. But, yeah. Good. That's, that's the extent of it for me at this time. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. So then I want to end on this question and I don't know why this question came to me, but I I'm Jewish. So I don't know the answer to this question. And I, I know you're like, where are you going with this? But uh, so I wasn't raised in church theater at all. And I know it's a, it's kind of a big thing like the, like page, pageant plays and, or passion plays, excuse me. Uh, and things like that, that, you know, every Christmas there's Easter, there, there, there's just lots of stuff. And then mm-hmm. in, in synagogues, we don't do shows <laughs> We're like, <laughs> you know, we dress up for Purim, you know, like you're Esther and you're the, you're King, you know, but we don't do plays. Right. Mm-hmm. So is there a part in church theater in the world of church theater that, that you get, and that means you've made it like, is Jesus that part? Or is, is there like, you know what I mean? Like if you get to be uh, a, a certain role in a play or musical, you're like, okay, I'm the lead. I'm this part. I've, I've, I must be doing something right. Is that, is that the case in church theater? Is there something like that? I don't know how competitive it is to get cast in church theater, <laughs> sure. right? I, I don't know that there's like a cattle call for, they're normally just grabbing whoever right. they can. Um, I, I don't know. For me, that was, that wasn't my experience. Right. I don't even remember like that we did like any sort of specific, it was, um, 
or like songs, okay. you know, that we sing and it just was like maybe probably written. I was pretty young, so I don't really know, but written by somebody and kind of strung together sure. in a way that made a, you know, a holiday, like a Christmas play or an Easter play or something. So um, I don't know. It wasn't, there were like 10 or 15 of us. So okay. we were just whoever could read. <laughs> and have could you, sing have you ever seen Best Christmas Pageant Ever, the show? Yes, I have. Seen yeah, because because that's that's the only reference I have. Oh, okay, <laughs> got it. Got is, it. you know the the those the bad kids, the bad family, and they come in and the angel of death and all this kind of you know just all <laughs> the the havoc that they that they have. It's just a lot of fun. But that's that that was my one reference point. So uh, my my experience is a little more simple than that in orange. Okay, okay, okay good. <laughs> what is so then I'll I'll end with this. What is it about home that you miss uh, that you wish was in the Dallas Fort Worth area with you right now? Um, probably I would say the family piece. Okay. Um, that's where all my family is, both my dad's side and my mom's side. Um, I don't have a, a huge, huge family anyways, right. um, but uh, almost all of them. I do have a cousin that lives up here um, in DFW. And so we see her as often as we can right. and get together um, with her family. But um, yeah, it's, it's the family piece, you know, because right. it's, from here, five and a half, six hours yeah. drive um, to get down there. So uh, I get back, you know, probably two or three times a year, okay. I would say. And then, um, you know, now that, especially now that we've got the, the house and an ample room, right. and my family evacuated for a hurricane right. <laughs> in September, whenever that was. I had my mom up here for two weeks. Um, but yeah, I, I would say it's the family piece, you know. Okay. And there is something to be said, and, and I hope it doesn't. Um, come across in any way on on this interview that um i have anything against small towns i'm from a small oh, yeah. town and and love you know there's a lot uh, it's it's that that small town th it's good or bad right um like i could never just run to walmart in like pajamas you know because i would see somebody <laughs> right <laughs> it wasn't an if i was going to yeah. you know and here there's so much anonymity right i could you know go right down the road and i don't have to worry about or i live 20 minutes from my school i'll never see anybody right. from my you know so pros and cons but um lots lots of good things too to be said about being from a small town oh yeah and, and the family piece and just kind of being able to to feel like you have somebody everywhere you go that was really cool yeah i think it's i think it's safe because you know I, i'm a big city kid that was born and raised in houston and uh there's a part of me that wants to get away you know and and yeah. do the opposite of what you've kind of done and yeah. go to a small town and kind of live that life for a while and uh experience that so no, and, but I love the big city, so I, I I totally understand that that it's not a slander. It's just a I needed a change. So yeah, so good. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. thanks, Corey. Minor